Live from Queensland, Australia, it's the podcast that some people all around the world are talking about. Those wonderful people are our lovely listeners, and now you're one of them too. To you, all of our lovely listeners, we say a hearty yeehaw. Can we get a yeehaw from everyone? Yeehaw! Let's get on with the show then. Have a break. Have a Kit Kat. But if a Kit Kat's not going to be right for you, there are plenty of other ways to recover and take a break. Well, you know, some people may say a Kit Kat is actually healthy, but, you know, we'll move on from that. An interesting takeaway from that little introduction. But hello, nevertheless, lovely listeners, and welcome to another episode of Speak Away Bruv. Uh, and this episode is all about taking a break. Um but in the sense of, um, you know, two weeks ago, we spoke about uh, health and wellness. We spoke about our active uh, lifestyles, how we stay active in life. And uh, this week, what we want to talk about is we want to talk about how we recover from from that active lifestyle. You know, there's <coughs> all sorts of things, whether it be muscle soreness, mental fatigue, all sorts of things that an active lifestyle can bring about. And it's always just nice to have a few ways of, of dealing with it. So we want to talk about those recovery methods today. Well, so this episode is about sort of breaks. Uh-huh. But it's funny because you and me have both just come out of our breaks. What do you mean? Well, I mean, I'm sure you're going to get on to how you've come out of your break? Well, let's let's call it a, a smooth, a, a transition towards being out of a break. Um, so as Cooper is inferring, um, I, this past weekend, uh, started a new short-term job. Uh, I am working at Movie World as a Fright Night Scare actor. So uh, starting on October the 6th, uh, was Movie World Fright Nights, which for everyone uh, listening internationally or maybe just not in Queensland and not familiar with what that is, Movie World is a theme park here on the Gold Coast. And every year around this time, they do an event every Friday and Saturday night called Fright Nights where they have um, uh, horror mazes and scare characters who roam around the park and the mazes are located in a few of their show buildings. And um, it's basically like an immersive horror experience. And I am one of the scare actors. And that has necessitated me having using some of my therapy method, methods the last few days because it is tiring. Yes, because one, you were talking about how sore you were complaining all weekend. Oh, um. Hush, child. And, and also, don't call me child. And also, they don't even need to put makeup on him for his scare acting. You're so rude. <laughs> so rude. Anyway, but yes, you know, and as we talked about last week, in addition to though to that new, um, you know, very physically demanding uh, thing that I've got going on in life, we've also got martial arts, uh, PT work, Cooper doing his best Forrest Gump impression and walking around for hours and hours on end. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things to recover from. So 
let's get right into it and start talking about the first few things. Uh, not all of them we're going to go into super amounts of detail on. Um, and again, we want to preface this by saying that we're not experts in the field of sports medicine, in the film, in the realm of physiotherapy, any of these kind of things. Um, we just try things and some things work for us and some things don't. Yes. And just whatever we say, do the opposite of it most likely because it's probably wrong. Just whatever we say, take it with a grain of salt, you know. <laughs> well, um, that's another very good and not plain transition. Well, yes, not quite salt, but um, definitely a, a form of uh, crystallized... Um, it literally well, it says salt. Literally bath it literally salts. says bath salt. So we're currently looking at a package for Radox bath salts, which are a form of muscle relaxant. Now we use Radox um, not because we're sponsored by Radox. Not just sponsored by Radox or its affiliates. No, but could, could be, be though. Could be though. Radox. Um, Do you want the opportunity? Leave it at that. I don't know right. why. I really thought you were like, you really felt like you were revving up into something there. I was like, wow, he's going to make a make a play for Radox. Yeah, I was going to do that, but then I just realized I had nothing. Right, okay. But really any kind of bath soak or bath salts um, is what we're talking about. Now, Cooper, you've got the package there so you can read from it. Give us Give us a little rundown of what Radox is and what it's supposed to help with. So you have Radox. Since 1908, mineral therapy, muscle relaxed bath salts, Ooh. 100% pure sea salt blended with the calming scent of peppermint. So this is the peppermint one. Yeah, love it. To help soothe tired muscles. Enriched with calcium, sodium and magnesium. Very good. Uh, anything else? There's a lot more stuff on the back, but... I'm just going to read the whole thing. Please don't. But, <laughs> yeah, so we have that one. We also have another kind, like it's an, it's more an Asahi-scented one. There's also the powder and there's the also like a, a bubble bath, essentially. It's like it's a not gel. Really, it's, a, it's a liquid that, for some reason, it bubbles up. Yeah, because it's basically bubble bath. That's why. That's the only annoying thing about it is it bubbles up. Um, but yes, yeah, so radox and and other kinds of bath soaks, um, anything really that has magnesium, or and or sodium in it, um, we find very useful. Um, because you know magnesium is very good to, um. It's very good to supplement magnesium into your body in different ways because um, magnesium deficiency is quite common. And we'll get into a little bit more later about another way that we kind of bring magnesium into our recovery process. It's very helpful for um, relaxing and assisting in muscle recovery. Um, do you have anything else to say about, about Radox Cooper as a recovery method? No, not really, but we do use these sorts of things really after any sort of training session that we both do. 
because yeah. they help not, recover. Not not every time we we mix it up a lot. But well, yes. I mainly do. You you don't. But right, I I try to whenever I feel sore, especially. Uh huh. But you know, we also have the bath bombs, which are not as much recovery. Which, well, they're not physical recovery, but they can be mental recovery because we um, there's a particular brand from um, America, America called. Don't ask me. It's nectar, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, it is nectar. The shop is in the MGM Grand. <sighs> nectar. Yes, nectar bath treats. Um, so nectar, uh, when we went to the US, we bought from nectar and we have imported a lot of stuff from them. Uh, Legally. The of course. Um, thank you for interjecting that, Cooper. Now people are going to be worried that maybe we're lying. <laughs> Genuinely, it is legal. <laughs> of course it's legal. Anyway. Well, sometimes with us scallywags, they'd never know. Scallywags? Good old scallywags. What pirate ship have you been interning on that you've picked up the word scallywag? We are scallywags. How are you I'm the bird. I'm the talking bird on the pirate ship. Yeah, that sounds about right for you. <laughs> Um, we've already gone off topic. Um, yes, we already have gone off topic. Uh, but yeah, those bath bombs, I mean, because of the aromatic smell of them, they're very, they're very pleasantly smelling. They can have, um, either a very positive, um, like mental and emotional effect of, you know, making you feel very at ease. But that can also lead to like a, um, what do they call it? Not a pseudoscience, a, I can't remember the word. It's just gone from my brain. Not a pseudonym. It's a pseudo something. Placebo. Do, 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 do. Stop being rude. It's uh. I'm not it's being a, rude. I'm. I was trying to actually fill in while you were being quiet. Yeah, but when you try and fill in, I just have to cut it out anyway. Oh, that's very it's rude. A, it's a placebo effect, is what I'm thinking of. So it has a placebo effect where it's a mental effect, but then it actually can end up um, having an emotional. No, sorry. It's a mental effect that can have a physical, um, physiological effect on you. My goodness, my brain today. My Don't goodness. shake your head. People can't see that. If you're going to make a snide remark, make a snide remark. Don't shake your head. Oh, okay. Thanks for telling me. At no. least make it entertaining <laughs> for listeners and not just annoying for me. Please. So... That's that's where we're at with our radox baths, our bath salts, um, bath bombs, all that kind of thing. At anything relating to something that we can do here at the in-home bath. 
Now you're giggling 400 miles away from your microphone. You're so unhelpful today. And I'm really struggling and you're not helping. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been doing math all morning. Well. It's not the funnest. Get over it. Anyway, what's build next? A bri- build a bridge using Pythagorean theorem and get over <laughs> it. Anyway. <laughs> so. Uh, we also use uh, combinations of heat weak packs, ice packs, deep heat stickers, basically anything that uh, causes some kind of temperature change. So you've got your heat weak packs, which uh, you warm up in the microwave and they maintain their heat for a while. You've got like deep heat packs, which are chemical um, heating Um for example, yesterday we went out and my lower back has been killing me all weekend because of my work at Fright Nights. And so I had a, a deep heat pack on my lower back to try and um, help. What, know, last or, night? Yeah. You actually had that thing on your back when we were in the cinemas last night? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I pay attention, don't I? You really do. Um. But yeah, so that that's really helpful, and just that, you know, that warmth. I've been walking around with some kind of um, warm pack on my back just to try and um, keep the muscles warm, um, rather than you know, my back's not bruised; it's just inflamed. If it were bruised, I would want more an ice pack. Mm. That all you have to say on the matter. What, on your bad back? No, just on the use of heat wheat packs and ice packs in general. Well, I don't you really use the heat wheat pack. Uh-huh, why? Well, I'm talking about it at the moment especially. But in general, I don't use it that much. Really, only when I do have a bad back. I've never used that thing that you've been walking the around with. The deep heat, yeah. And currently... Right now, I should be right now, but currently, like the last weekend, I have been icing like my what side is this right leg, right and ankle because it's quite bad. There you go. Yeah. Um. So our first kind of big ticket. So those are the, our kind of at home, um, at home recovery options and we'll probably get back to some some things akin to that but we want to dip into you know uh going out and recovering outside of here dip into is another great another great segue now cooper why don't you segue us into our next thing talk to us a bit about wet therapy or contrast therapy so, wet therapy you is... don't have to just read the thing. I wasn't actually going to read that. Good. Because you, you know enough about it now. We've done it enough times that you shouldn't need to read that. So, we go to a place about 10, 15 minutes away from here, which is a recovery place, which has these, I, I guess, deep wet therapy pools. Yeah, wet therapy or contrast therapy or hydrotherapy. There's a bunch of different names for them. So basically you have these 
four different pools, which are about, would you say as big as the average size hot tub or a bit bigger? They basically are a hot tub. And so you've got one cold, one hot, one colder and one hotter. And so, and they've all got magnesium in them. Yeah, so they they put magnesium soak in these pools and they pump them full of either warm water, so over 30 um, degrees Celsius, or cold water, which is usually somewhere between mm, 11 or 12 to 16 degrees Celsius. Um, And basically... You can do a lot of different things. You can either stay in one pool consistently for an extended period of time or you can do what Cooper and I usually do, which is do a circuit. They basically have a timer on the wall that's every four minutes. It dings and you've got 15 minutes if you want to swap to another pool to swap to another pool. You've got 15 minutes to swap to a pool, do we? 15 seconds. My goodness, I'd be going so slow. Oh, no. So 15 seconds you've got. And basically um, what Cooper and I usually do is, as Cooper said, it's cold, warm, colder, warmer. And so what we usually do is we'll go up and back so that we end on cold because what through, through our research on the matter, and I did a bunch of research on particularly cold therapy and cold water immersion um, a little earlier in the year. And I actually bought a little, um, it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it. And I don't even remember the company that I bought it off, but it's basically, what's the company? I or believe what's the, it's like a, it's a, it's a basically the cold size plunge it's, tub. It's the size of a bucket as well. A bit bigger than that. Well, I was going to say, it's not the size of a bucket. It's a bit bigger. It's like a water Not that drum. Much bigger. It's it's basically like a PVC water drum yeah. where it's it sits in this PVC frame and you fill it up with water and then you fill it up when you're ready to get in it, you fill it up with ice. Yeah. I believe from memory that the company is Vitalice. Vitalice. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, so so you put ice in it and you get in and it acts as one of these cold therapy um, little pools and you basically sit yeah. in, a, in a, not a fetal position because that would imply that you're on your side, but you, you know, have your knees pulled up to your chest and you're kind of crouched in there. Um, yeah. Aren't you doing one this afternoon? Uh, probably tomorrow. Mm, we yeah. have to empty that out today, though. Yeah, it's we'll been like sort that, that for out. months. Well, well, not months. It's been weeks. It's been a bit more than a couple weeks, but sure, yeah. We we used to use it multiple times every week, but when we found the recovery center, it's a lot easier to spend the fifteen minutes it takes to drive there and drive back rather than having to go drive, buy ice, come back, fill the thing up. Well, we don't have to buy ice. That's just something we did. It comes with enough ice. Well, it comes with... It's already with, an ice cube it with comes the regular with ice. It comes with little silicone... Well, not little, big silicone ice trays 
that you fill up with water and put them in the freezer. Um, but yeah, basically the um, the science behind it, as as you read it here, is that by moving from the cold water to the hot water, your blood flow increases, which stimulates circulation. It um, as this occurs, uh, muscles flush out inflame inflammation mediators accelerating the healing process and decreasing the long-term effects of DOMS, which which is delayed onset muscle soreness, um, which I'm in the midst of right now. Um, I've got a lot of muscle soreness in a lot of different places all over my body, and it's no fun. Old man. <sighs> Shut up. Falling apart. But yeah, so we went for uh for some cold and hot plunges yesterday, uh in at the at the recovery center and it is unpleasant the cold pools to begin with. There is literally no difference anymore between the two. Yeah, the two it used to be pools. cold and colder. Now they're pretty much the same temperature. Now actually the regular cold one sometimes is even more cold than the colder one. Yeah, sometimes the first one you get in is the coldest one and then you get into the other one and it's slightly warmer. But also that might just be that your body's acclimatised a bit better to the cold by the time you get to the third one. But Mm. I don't know. But I definitely feel better today for having gone and done that compared to how I felt yesterday around this same time, which was about when we were leaving to go there. So, um, again, don't know everything about the science of it, but it's definitely been very helpful for us in mitigating fatigue and muscle soreness. And I'd recommend at the very least giving it a go. What have you got to lose? Yeah, what have you got to lose to being frozen to death? All right, calm down. You're going a bit aggressive there. (sighs) I'm angry. Right. And we are back from Cooper kicking his toe. Um, How dare you? Well, you did. Okay, I did, but that's not why we went away. No, we went away because I really had to yawn and I've been told that I'm not allowed to do that on microphone. So we, t- we took a minute and I tried to get that out of my system. So hopefully it's out of my system. We'll see. I say no, I need to yawn again right now. Cooper, distract them. I'm literally yawning. (laughs) Well, this isn't good for anybody involved. Um, Sorry, audience. Very sorry, audience. So the next thing on our list after our wet therapy pools uh, is something we don't do as much now. Um, Something that we could do and that we might do in the near future, which is an infrared sauna. Mm. Now, we used to do these a bit more. Because we had one in our house. We had a small, um, because of the health benefits, our parents bought a small um, uh, like infrared sauna unit. And <coughs> we used that for a time. We don't have that anymore now. Well, but our recovery so center does have one. Well, we don't have it. Well, we technically we do have it, but not here. Yeah, it's, yeah, anyway. It's a complicated situation. Long, long story. So 
the health benefits that you get from that is while in a traditional steam sauna, the hot air creates a surface sweat, with an infrared sauna, that raises your core body temperature, which creates a deeper sweat and is a lot better for you because um, traditional steam sauna really only gets the sweat out of the top layer of your, your dermis or your skin. Whereas, you know, when you raise your body temperature, which happens when you exercise, you know, all those kind of um, body temperature raising activities, it gives you a sweat from deeper within basically, which, you know, helps with things like water weight and all these kind of things. Really, I think the benefit of it is it just makes you feel really, really good. And particularly if you partner it up with some sort of cold something, whether that be a cold, a slightly cold shower afterwards. I mean, it really knocks you out for a little while afterwards, you know, because going from those extremes is kind of overwhelming for the body. But that's only in the short term. I find in the long term, it's really beneficial and it really keeps you alert and, um, and and really with it. Yeah. 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 Um did we have anything more to say on that? I don't think so. I think if we did it a bit more there'd be more to talk about. It used to be my favorite thing. Mm. Yeah, you used to want to go for them all the time until you became boiled in which you don't want to do it cuz you feel like a boiled egg. Yeah. Or right. a cooked lamb. One of the two. See, I would have gone with boiled lobster. Do you know what that feels like? Yeah, from being in the infrared sauna. Bit concerning. Boiled lobster. Disgusting. Now, this is one that I don't have a ton of experience with. In fact, I've only done it once. Cooper's never done it. And I will never do it. But it was an interesting experience, and so that's why I want to talk about it. I, in the lead up to my martial arts grading, went into a hyperbaric chamber, which for those of you that don't know, it's basically a, um, the one I went to is, is like a portable slash inflatable one. And it's basically a pressure chamber, you know, hyperbaric, high pressure, um, it's basically a chamber which pressurizes similar to a plane or a submarine or anything where there is a, a pressure adjustment. But what happens in this high pressure environment is that pure oxygen, oxygen, which is about 98% pure is pumped into the chamber. And basically here's the little spiel that I've got, um, for, the hyperbaric chamber. So pure oxygen under pressure allows the body to get the oxygen it needs to create ATP for energy and flush out the lactic acid that causes muscle fatigue. ATP is an energy-carrying molecule found in our body cells. It's consumed every day in our body all the time in daily living activities without us even knowing. For energy processes including ion transport, muscle contraction, nerve impulse propagation, substrate, phosphorylation and chemical synthesis 
These processes, as well as others, create a high demand for ATP. The elevated oxygen levels helped athletes increase performance and recover more quickly after a workout, allowing the oxygen to build up and repair damaged blood vessels, as well as triggering collagen growth, which leads to healing. The increase in pressure can also reduce swelling, which in turn increases blood flow and circulation. Now, the reason I did this in the lead up to my martial arts grading, I did it the day before because I I was told that it, did wonders for the quality of your sleep. Um, now, it's a very interesting experience, the experience of doing this, because, you know, I got into this chamber and had my head on a pillow and was on this kind of nice mattress at the bottom of this chamber. And then I was zipped in and the compressor or the you know, the, the pressure basically started to go up. And so the one I was in was inflatable. And so the, um, the walls started to get very tight and very taut, um, as the environment pressurized and as there was more pressure and I had to keep, you know, um, like popping my ears like you do when you go up in a plane, um, as the pressure kept, building and building and building. Um, And, you know, I think the most difficult part of the experience for me um, was like I had my phone, I had podcasts going, like that was fine. The part that was difficult for me was I felt I had to sit on my hands because I did not want my hands going anywhere near the zipper because for those of you who don't know, when you go very rapidly from a high pressure to a low pressure environment, um, there is a thing that happens called explosive decompression where... Basically, his head would explode. Not my head would explode. Your whole self would explode. Well, no, not that either. It would create a vacuum. Explosive decompression creates a vacuum, which space is a vacuum. And... It would pull me, if I were to open that zipper really quickly, the high pressure rapidly leaving into a low pressure space would pull me through and I would essentially be pulled through whatever opening there was um, and it would hurt a lot. Um, So I was very conscious of that and, I mean, this was around the time that a certain tragedy relating to explosive dec- the Titanic disaster. Um, obviously not the first one, um, but the Titanic submarine. Multiple Titanic disasters have occurred. Yes. We're the, talking about the latest one. The submarine disaster, you know, so I was very conscious of explosive decompression at the time. Um, but I did find, so I was in there for an hour and... You know, I definitely noticed a difference in air quality. It definitely, the air felt a lot purer. Um, I don't exactly know how I would describe that kind of purity, but it really felt like instead of sitting in a tube in the middle of a building, in the middle of a suburb, it really felt I was out in nature where there's just this discernible difference in air quality and it just, everything feels a lot fresher and feels a lot nicer. 
And so I I thought that that was that was really nice. And then eventually the hour finishes and I um, the moment was depressurized. I obviously had to pop my ears a few times coming back down from that pressure back to room pressure. What? That's exactly why I wouldn't do it. What the ear popping? I hate it. Yeah, I mean it wasn't fun. That's but one of the reasons why I hate planes and I hate flying. Right. Because it is the worst thing ever. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't the most fun experience. And so then I came out and. The guy gave me a chair to sit on and he said, you're going to be a bit hazy for the next few minutes because you've been in this high pressure, high oxygen environment and you're now re-equalizing to a low pressure, low oxygen environment. Well, not low oxygen, but, you know, the quality of oxygen that was around me was very different. Um, But I did find that it helped me sleep a lot better and I think that it... um, you know, helped me a bit with my breathing and with the quality of my breath, even just slightly. But I'm not 100% sure. It's it's something that I'd be interested to try again, but I'm not really rushing to try it again. Not in the same way that the next thing we talk about, which again, Cooper has no experience of, um, which is a sensory deprivation float. Nothing to say, Cooper. Well, you have to start because I haven't done it. I know, but I expected you to say something. Like? Oh, he's yawning. That's why he wanted me to say something. That's exactly why I wanted you to say something. Come on, man. Help me out here. <laughs> I talked all through while you were yawning a minute ago. Uh-oh. <laughs> anyway. We may as well just call this podcast the Yawns Podcast. It's because we've been recovering so much. We've been recovering so well that now we're ready for the ultimate recovery, which is sleep. Um, I'm not, but you know. Right. But, I mean, it's one that we haven't spoken about yet, but sleep is a very important one um, for recovery. Obviously, from when you're sick, um, you know, sleep is when the body can do its best kind of work. But we're also both young men, and so we don't really want to sleep. Sleep um, is non-existent in our world. It's just that there's a lot to do in life besides sleeping. Very busy, I am. I would, I would love to sleep more, but I also would want more time. And you can't really have both simultaneously. So once they invent an, an ability to um, do things in my dreams, you know, do work or write my book in my dreams... I'm I'm all on board for sleeping a lot more. What? What's your issue? You're laughing again. You're really not getting this podcast thing still. You need to do these things on mic so that people can hear you. How are they going to invent something where you can do work in your sleep? That's it's not, not impossible. Okay, that's on the next season of Shark Tank. Exactly. Stay, stay tuned. Well, you can lucid dream. It's it's about being able to record data from while you're asleep and code it in a way that it's readable and understandable to you when you wake up. Who will invest? 
Will it be the fashion designer? All right, Mr. Shark Tank. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about sensory Uh deprivation float, which there's an element to sleep in that. (coughs) So I heard about sensory deprivation tanks a long time ago. Um, The first place I think I heard about them was Rhett and Link, who are two very popular YouTubers. Um, They went and did one and they had a really positive experience out of it. But... Um, personally, I'm a person who struggles to meditate. I struggle to kind of switch my brain to that meditative state. And so I didn't really think that it was going to be for me. Um, but, you know, uh, there was an opportunity that presented itself to um, try out the sensory deprivation experience. And I was curious. So I thought I'd go do it and... Basically, uh, the company I did it through, they're called City Cave. Um, they're a local company. They're really beautiful facilities, I've got to say. They're, um, again, not sponsored by City Cave, but we could be. I'd really appreciate that because I would happily um, go more often than I have been. Um, what do you mean? Haven't you got free membership? No. Oh. I've got a few sessions. Like I've got one session left on the package that I'm on right now. Well, so You've used that up very quickly. Not really. I've used two over three weeks. But anyway, so, yes. Yeah, so, basically what the experience is, is you go down to these rooms and there's a shower, there's a place for you to put your personal belongings inside the room, and then basically the kind of centerpiece of the room set against the back wall is this pool that's um, probably just under a metre wide and about two and a half metres long. And it's full of Epsom salts, magnesium, basically a lot of um, sodium-based stuff so that like the Black Sea or it might be the Dead Sea. It's the Dead Sea. I mean, I think they're both high in sodium, but I think that the Dead Sea... I thought you told me it was the Black Sea. I think the Black Sea is also high in sodium, but I think the Dead Sea is the one that you float on. What? Because you like a dead body, you just float. Uh-huh. Yeah, high salt content. Um. Oh, the Dead Sea is so salty, life simply cannot flourish in its waters. So even fish can't live in the Dead Sea. Anyway... Complete sidetrack. What about Coopers? Uh, You can't live in the Dead Sea because you can't breathe underwater. How do you know that? I'm a virtually dead thing. What do you mean? Well, I'm dead. I'm a zombie. Then you're the most annoying dead person I've ever met. Being (laughs) dead usually makes you more quiet. You certainly haven't taken up that part of the job description. (laughs) <laughs> That's a job description. Well, you know, B 
being dead's a full-time responsibility and yet here you are making a mockery of it and just loitering about. Being dead's a full-time responsibility. Well, it is. What else are people doing when they're dead? Writing books, floating in the Dead Sea. Only if they've been dumped in the Dead Sea. Fair, actually. Anyway, weird, weird sidetrack, that one. Um, All of our sidetracks are weird. They tend to be. But, yeah, so this sensory deprivation experience, so basically you've got to shower beforehand and get any kind of oils or, you know, lotions or any kind of um, substance like that off your body um, so that when you get in the water, you will easily float. Um, and you basically, it's would barely be 10 inches deep, this water. And you just float pretty easily on it. And you've got earplugs in. And you can either free float with nothing or you can get these little halo pillows that go behind your head that keep your head in a good position in the water. I usually use those just because it's a bit easier than trying to find a good position for my neck to be in while I lie in the water. And then basically what you do, you can you can do this in clothing, but what they usually recommend is that you do it naked because, I mean, you're in a room all on your own. You book out the room for an entire session and you do it naked because the water is at the same temperature as your body, roughly. And without any clothes on, you don't get any kind of friction or feeling of anything outside of yourself because the water is the same temperature as you and has no discernible texture beyond, you know, being wet. And so you get in and you can either, you know, just kind of float with the lights on if that's the experience you're looking to get or you can do what I do, which is make it full sensory deprivation and you turn the lights off. And once you turn the lights off, it is pitch black. doesn't matter whether you've got your eyes open or closed. makes no difference. You can't see anything anyway. The first experience I had, um, both experiences really, my greatest enemy has been anticipation. So in the first one, I was kind of anticipating, oh, what's going to happen next? Oh, this is this is interesting. This is weird. Um, they allow you to have some sort of ambient noise playing at the start and or the end. I chose to have cave music playing in the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes both times. Um, you can also have, have it playing for the duration if you'd like. What I found, though, is that um, the way I was doing it, first time, I mean, I got, like, the salt water in my eyes and I had to use a little spray bottle that they've got there to stop your eyes from really going, like, super, super red because, I mean, salt in your eyes, not fun. And I also just felt like I was anticipating too much and so I went into the second experience 
wanting to kind of detach from that outcome a bit more, which I think I did in the initial stage. Um, but the interesting thing was, was that, you know, I was lying there in the water, just kind of floating. And I was thinking to myself, I thought, oh, it must be about halfway through and I, I haven't fallen asleep yet. Um, and that's really concerning. I fell asleep really early in the last one. And then um, not long after that, I kind of realized something. And I realized that even as I had been having that conversation with myself, I'd been asleep because I realized that I hadn't been um, feeling my body when I'd had that conversation with myself. And I realized that touching like my chest now, which was out of the water, but obviously, you know, the water kind of um, crests over you in little waves. The salt crystals from the water end up on your chest and they often crystallize into these kind of patterns of salt. And so I woke up and felt this salt and went, oh my gosh, I was asleep. You know, I I went went to sleep in the middle of this experience problem then was was that because I didn't know how long I'd been asleep for and I'd literally fallen asleep without even me realizing that I'd fallen asleep I still thought I was awake and then realized that oh actually I've been asleep the detrimental part of that is that um I then was waiting for the end for the last 10 minutes when the music would come back on and then for when they tell me all right it's time to get out and so I think for my third my third one, I think that I'm either going to have music only at the start and not at the end. I'm going to have the music all the way through or the ambience, the ambient, the ambient noise just kind of playing the whole time or I'm not going to play any of it at all and just try and fall asleep. Um, but yeah, that's... That's my experience so far with the sensory deprivation tanks. I think it's a really interesting experience. Um, as someone who used to be deathly afraid of the dark, it's something I never thought I would do because I was always terrified of that kind of thing. I'm sorry. You afraid of the dark? You're the last person I would think of to be afraid of the dark because whenever I walk into the cinema, I'm like, where the hell is Bailey? Yeah, pretty much. He I've, is missing. And really what it is is I'm just sitting, in like, you know, in a corner of the couch um, asleep or just sitting in the dark. Um, if we compare our two rooms, you've got those, um, what are they called? The, the blinds. Blackout blinds. Blackout blinds. And those are your only two windows and they're shut. So your room is... Dead dark. Whereas mine... Pitch dark. Mine, I've got those two blinds open. I've got the big glass door open. Yeah. Well, I I used to be really afraid of the dark when I was younger. Like, but, you know, you also... Let's not also forget, it's not just natural light with you. You sleep with your fairy lights on all the time. When you say fairy lights, I've got two little astronaut things. Now, yes, but you used to have your fairy lights. Yes, it used to be the brightest room in the whole world. Yeah, and 
I I have those projectors in my room as well. I just can't sleep with them anymore on anymore because I need the room to be dark. See, I just can't go fully dark. I don't know when that really changed for me, but I just got to a point in life where I just needed it to be that dark. I can tell you when. When? Earlier this year. Really? You think it was that late? Well, still last year you had those lights hanging up in your bedroom and you'd have them Yeah, on. but I didn't sleep with them. Like, I didn't sleep with them on. Are you sure? Yeah, no, it's been, it's been longer than that, but it used to be that I only had a small night light, but I still had to have some sort of light. I think it's also, I think a lot of it coincided with when I was younger, I slept with the door open. And so there would have to be a night light in my room and a night light out in the corridor but where my room used to be situated in the corridor, it looked into a dark closet and I just could see the hallway leading further into the house and then further towards the entrance of the house. And so I think that my brain always just like freaked out a bit because it's like I don't know what's coming from any direction and there's just like a dark doorway sitting right outside my door Something walk, walking out of there really scared the behebus out of me. Yeah, see, when we used to... So I still sleep with the door open even today. Yeah. Because I just can't be bothered to close it. But at our last house, so you used to sleep down that corridor. Yeah. See, me, I had the room where when I look out that door, I can see straight... To where the stairs, the top of the stairs, where they come up. Yeah. And the far, like, big entertainment room out there. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, I don't, I really don't know what changed, changed my perspective on it. But well, maybe it was when we moved out of that house. But I don't know. I feel like even a little bit before that, I think it's when I started closing my door. Because then I, when? I don't actually remember. I think it was when we moved out of that house. No, because I used to sometimes close my door to that room as well. I think it's just that I needed to feel like I was in my own little world. Like, you know, in my room now, I feel like I'm in my own little world. And I'm like, someone has to like put effort into entering this space. You know, and it's like at the end of the day, the the risk of home break-ins is is quite low. The crime rate's, you know, quite reasonable here. But even if it weren't, it's like there's at least another layer of something between me and and that happening. Well, actually, now that you mention the dark hallway thing, whenever I look out the door in my current bedroom, there's another bedroom straight across and then there's a little hallway there. Like that long. Well, yeah, you you look straight into Declan's room, which is fully dark. And there's that little hallway there, which is fully dark. So could you imagine someone walks around there? I've been horrified sometimes when you've come around that corner in Uh, full uh, white. But then... Well, what about the other night when I came around the corner and you scared me? 
Oh, yeah, but that's because I was hiding. Yeah. And another thing with my room is, so that's the door straight ahead. To the right of my bed, I've got a big glass door. Yeah. And so the more horrifying thing for me is someone's going to smash that door down. Yeah, but at least if that happens, you're going to hear it. I wouldn't be too sure about that. Could you imagine I sleep through that? (laughs) If you sleep through that, then whatever's coming through, it just gets you. That's it. Well, they'll think I'm already dead. Maybe. Maybe Maybe. that's the trick. They'll already think I'm dead because I didn't wake up. Well, you know, maybe that's the solution. But regardless, I think that we've we've gone far enough off the trail that we need to bring ourselves back to end the episode because that's really all we had to say on the matter. Um, yeah, those those are the things that we do to recover, to keep ourselves, um, to get ourselves relaxed, to keep ourselves feeling good within ourselves after uh, all the things we do to keep ourselves active. So... Uh, we will continue to do those things and maybe we'll talk about um, some more of that in the future, maybe with some of our guests. Who knows? Yes. <sighs> I couldn't you, think Liz. of anything to say. Well, become wittier. <laughs> Just, you know, for for the sake of this show, rather than doing, you know, big hand gestures when things happen, like you're doing right now, Turn those hand gestures into words. Those aren't words. Now you're kicking my foot. Anyway. That's what you get for kicking my foot. Thank you. I and yet you did. Anyway, lovely listeners, we are going to leave you to enjoy the remainder of your day and we will see you back here next week for another episode of Filmic Feelings and in two weeks for another episode of this show, what will we talk about? I guess you'll have to find out Yee-haw! then. <laughs> Let that me just go for that again. Well. You'll just have to find out then when we come back. Yeah. But until then, take a break and maybe, if you'd like, take a Kit Kat. But other snacks are available. Yes. Have a Kit Kat. Have a break. Have a Kit Kat. Cooper just really wanted to put the megaphone one on and and play with that voice. But you know what? Yeah! I say no. Well, I say no as well. (laughs) Anyway. Wait, why have I got a... Why is that my megaphone? That wasn't your megaphone. That's your monster and I don't know... I don't know why it sounds like that. I'll have to fix that later. Anyway, enough distraction. Goodbye, lovely listeners. Thank you. Bye.